right? Most people don't have an income problem because the lenders will tell you how much you can borrow and how much your payment's going to be and what you can afford. It's all based on your DTI, your debt to income ratio, for the most part. What people really have is a liquidity problem. What if you could reclaim hours of free time each week, create legacy building wealth, and devote more energy to your passion projects without giving up on your career as a life-saving MD? Dr. Vikram Raya is a functional cardiologist, high-performance coach, and real estate expert, is here to give you the tools, strategies, and solutions you need to transform your life, unlock your limitless potential, and achieve greatness, all while freeing up your precious time. Welcome to Limitless MD. Let's dive in. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Limitless MD. I'm your host, Vikram Raya, and today we have a very special guest. We have Adam Carroll. Guys, this guy is amazing. He's a speaker. He's an author. He's an entrepreneur. He's the founder of the Shred Method. And in a record amount of time, he paid over $180,000 in interest of his home in the process. He's helped so many people free themselves uh, of debt and burden. He's also helped people achieve financial freedom in multiple categories. He's the author of four books, including his the most recent book, The Build a Bigger Life Manifesto, which I'm sure is going to become a bestseller, a documentary. He's uh, spoke, spoke at TEDx in London in 2015 and really blew the socks off his audience where he talked about why money isn't real and the, the concept of abstraction of money. And so, guys, I really want you to welcome Adam to the show. Welcome, Adam. Thank you, Vikram. It's good to be with you. I'm excited to be here and see where our conversation goes. Yeah, absolutely, my friend. So let's start with this. You know, a lot of the people who listen to my podcast are high-performing physicians. Yeah. That being said, they have a dirty little secret. Many of them still have something called medical student debt. <laughs> what the heck do we need to do about it? Well, I, I liken any kind of student loan debt or medical school debt to like wearing a backpack full of bricks while trying to run a marathon. And it just gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And I think that um, by and large, the the physicians, the dentists, uh, the professionals, I work with a lot of attorneys who are all carrying the same levels of debt. One of the things I tell them, tell them is let's get rid of the backpack. Like let's go after it headlong and do it in a way that's far faster than you can possibly imagine. And that's really where the shred method comes in. Okay. So it's in your background. I see it there. It's on your, you know, your bio sheet. People have talked about it. You have a freaking course on it. What yeah. the heck is the shred method? Well, the shred method utilizes an idea that most people's money is very inefficient. So I'll give you a case in point, Vikram. If if you got paid, and I would assume you were paid very similarly to to a W-2 employee, what, twice a month, once a month? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, every, every couple of weeks. And I would guess that from time to time, you had money sitting in your checking or savings account. And it probably sat there for days or weeks or maybe sometimes months on end. Mm -hmm. Fair? Fair yeah. statement? Yeah. yeah. And so the way we liken that for physicians is that imagine if you got up in the morning to go to the grocery store and you left your home at eight o'clock in the morning, got back about nine, unloaded all your groceries but knew that you'd have to go to the to the post office around three or four o'clock that afternoon. So you would just leave your car idling in the driveway all day long in anticipation of leaving later. Would that seem reasonable to you? Yeah, well, in the age of electric cars, probably 
Maybe, but not. But uh, back to your original example, probably not. Yes, if we're talking about gas guzzling cars, probably not. It's inefficient, hard on the environment, burns gas, right? Hard on the car. Yeah. It's it's super inefficient, and yet that's exactly what we do with our paychecks. Money goes into a checking account. It sits there for it idles essentially for a period of time. And we draw it down. We do ACH transactions and debit card withdrawals, and uh, there's bill pay, automatic bill pay that comes out of that. But at some level, the money that's sitting in your checking or your savings account is being inefficient. All the while, you are paying significant debt, interest on debt, on that amortized student loan or mortgage or practice debt or whatever you've taken on. And so through the shred method, what we do is we teach people how to use a very simple tool that will accept your income. And then through a powerful piece of software that we've created, it tells you when to make lump sum payments to your debts to make sure that the income is the most efficient it can possibly be. Okay. I love it. So the immediate question I have in mind is uh, there have been these concepts that float around by other you know, gurus such like a Dave Ramsey, the snowball yep. uh, method to remove debt and things like that. Yep. Help us understand specifically why the shred method is perhaps different, perhaps yep. more effective, or and perhaps a good strategy for a high-income professionals like the ones who listen to the podcast. Yeah, this is great. So there, there are multiple strategies out there that you could use. You mentioned a couple of them, debt snowball, debt avalanche. These are talked about by folks out there like Dave Ramsey. Um, some of them may even pontificate about, well, pay every two weeks on your mortgage. Right, make a make an extra mortgage payment every two weeks, or send an additional payment in a year. And what this will do is it will take off about eight years from a thirty-year fixed mortgage. Not not a small amount. I mean, it's a decent savings to go from thirty to twenty-two years. But through the shred method, what we're doing is we're not just sending a little bit extra from time to time. We're very purposefully and intentionally sending lump sums and very specific lump sums to your mortgage or to your student loan debt, to your practice debt, to accelerate the amortization table so fast that we typically will see people pay off all of their debt, home loan included, in somewhere between three and seven years. And not that's not changing their, their expenditures, their lifestyle. It's literally just changing the way that the money, the cash flow flows through their household. Okay. Um, the question really is, um, you know, does it make sense for everyone to follow this kind of method? Yeah, also a great question. Um, and I'm going to be very blunt with your audience. If you are a listener and you are suffering from doctoritis, you know, where like you make great money and so you can afford these things. You can go get the car and take a $30,000 vacation and, you know, buy jewelry whenever you feel like it and all those things. Then this may not be for you because the money itself it's coming in maybe so readily, so frequently that you're not paying close attention to where it's going or how to actually create wealth. You know, I joke, I, I say it tongue in cheek about doctoritis, but there is something about people who have a very high income where if the water line is high, all of the things underneath the water don't really show up. You know what I mean? Like we can spend money errantly on going out to eat or buying extravagant things because there's plenty of income to cover it. But 20 or 30 years down the road, you may look back and go, oh, gosh, coulda, shoulda, woulda. I should be so much farther ahead today than I am if only I'd been more intentional and conscious about where the money was going. 
And so through the shred method, one of the things we're we're functionally doing is we're suppressing the the quote unquote water line of your income. So when you look at your account, it's like we don't have a ton in there. But the reason we don't have a ton in there is it's all going to blast away debt or create equity. Right. So, so that we can are, would you just really say that? I mean, I'm sure there's more nuances to this, but again, yeah. I'm gonna take a contrarian view here. Yeah. Is it just uh, forcing you to save and then invest and forcing you to save and pay down. Is that really essentially what it is? It It is in a sense. Yes. I mean, you're, you're accurate in that. We, we like to look at it as behavior change mm-hmm. because the way that most of us are programmed to behave is just make your minimum payment because here are all the reasons I get to write off my interest loan, you know, my, my interest expense on my taxes every year. Um, I can afford the minimum payment. 3% is is a super low rate, so I might as well keep it. You know, we have all these reasons. But the reality is the behavior that we're creating is we are either we are either financing our retirement or we're financing our home or we're doing both. And so what we end up doing is let's deleverage really quickly so we can leverage up really quickly on the wealth side. And generally speaking with professionals, what we find is their income is such that we can knock out all their debt in three to five years. And if you're willing to do that, on the opposite side of it, you're writing two, three, four hundred thousand dollar checks every year into investments that are building your wealth in rapid, rapid fashion. And we're not hoping on six to eight percent returns. You know, we're we're rolling with guys like you who are getting 12, 15, 20% returns on the regular, but it requires a different level of investment that going the the traditional route doesn't provide for. So, okay. So guys, I really want to, I, I think this sort of hit me as aha moment and I want to share with all the listeners here. So one, uh, one of the concepts, one of my good friends, um, uh, he's a buddy of mine and he always tells me this. He goes, I want to deleverage personally, but I want to fully leverage professionally. I'm like, oh, okay. And it didn't, it didn't hit me until like a couple of years ago what he meant by that. But I think what Adam just speaking on it, it really hit home again. It's, you know, this com- this commercial, I mean, not commercial, but more of the, um, this personal kind of debt or, you know, your personal homes, personal cars, all that kind of stuff. It's great, but these are essentially liabilities. And so by really leveraging on them, not necessarily going to get you the, the ROI you are looking for, but then essentially sort of wiping the slate clean, if you will, and then using essentially an arbitrage form where taking that capital and then deploying it strategically in wealth acceleration fashion where, you know, even if you start late, which, you know, obviously people say, you know, you could start 20 years ago, great, but next best day is today. So start today, but then, but because you're, the amount is higher, you're able to perhaps even catch up in in a way and and create this. I think we both sort of preach on financial freedom. Yes. And really, really hit that goal. And and then you, you it sounds like obviously you're more sophisticated than the typical uh, advice on financial fiscal responsibility, which is, okay, you know, find a mutual fund, do all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't even yeah. believe in all that stuff. I really right. believe in finding assets that provide cash flow, tax appreciation, appreciation, you know? Totally. And, then, and, and then when you sell it, you can do a 1031 and then lever that up even more and so it's it can really have a wealth uh uh sort of uh, hit escape velocity if you will yes but use the shred method to 
unburden yourself from inefficient capital utilization, aka debt, personal debt, yep. or the this this wealth acceleration strategy. Totally. You hit on a couple of things I want to touch on really quick, Vikram. Yes. Um, one of those you mentioned escape velocity. I use that all the time. That the idea is when we invest, our goal is to get to compound interest velocity. You know, it's like when when people uh, look at Warren Buffett's wealth at 65, he had $5 billion. Now, still a, a, an exceptional amount of money. But today he's got like $125 billion 20 years later. It was the the doublings, the last doublings that he hit that really took him to these stratospheric levels. And our goal with as professionals should be to hit that compound interest velocity point far faster. You know, it, it doesn't have to be until we're in our 40s or 50s or 60s when you hit it. And so the reason the shred method comes into play here is that in our 20s, 30s, maybe even 40s, we're still in that pay down process. We're paying off student loans. We're paying off the practice debt. We're paying off our primary mortgage. And the way we like to phrase that is, you don't own all of your income, right? You make good income, but you don't own all of it. You might own 50% of it because the rest of it's going out the door in interest expense. But if you own the majority of your income, imagine how much faster you can get to compound interest velocity. And so if you're focused on deleveraging personally, like your friend said, on the first five years or three years or however long it is, you can explode that wealth on the back end and do it over and over and over again. And then, you know, again, using uh, leverage the way you do, it's amazing how fast that that multiplies when you're making 10, 15, 20% on deals in a tax advantaged environment. Right. And I know you 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 talk about uh infinite banking, which uh I think is is a very valid strategy. And if it makes a lot of sense, people definitely should explore it to build that generational wealth we talk about. Yeah, but let's let's talk about this. Um you have a unique topic that I, I haven't had anyone else talk about. It's really using your HELOC as a cash flow technique. Can you help uh, sort of unpack that for us? Yeah, I I uh, figured this out years ago that people don't have an income problem, right? Most people don't have an income problem because the lenders will tell you how much you can borrow and how much your payment's going to be and what you can afford. It's all based on your DTI, your debt to income ratio, for the most part. What people really have is a liquidity problem, right? Because you could make a ton of money, but if all that money is going to pay your monthly bills and or goes into qualified funds, 401k, Roth IRA, 529 plans, et cetera, it's hard to gain access to those funds. In fact, the government has set them up so that you have between 59 and a half and 70 and a half where you can have full rampant access to those funds outside of those dates you're going to pay fees or penalties to withdraw the funds at some level. And so when I realized that people don't have an income problem, they have a liquidity problem, I started wondering, well, where could you create the liquidity or what is a liquidity tool that people could use? So we make payments on our property or our building loan or whatever it may be, and we create equity. We pay down principal on the mortgage and we we build equity. But if you don't have a line of credit attached to that equity, then you have no liquidity. And so using a HELOC, a home equity line of credit, what we realized is we could we could create a perpetually growing bucket of liquidity that we can use to deploy into investments like syndications that you and your crew would do, right? And we can write checks at 50 or $100,000 at a time. 
We can do it straight off the equity of our property. And by using the shred method, the interest that we pay on that borrowed money is very, very minimal because the bucket fills back in real quickly using the shred method. Got it. You, so, you basically sh the sh shred method, essentially yep. uh, obliterating debt, even debt you create on purpose for investments. That's not a big exactly deal. So right. you pay off the, the partial HELOC you took, yep. and now that money's free and clear. That's exactly right. Got it. That's exactly right. And um, you know, the you mentioned infinite banking. That's a component in there. It can sit in the middle, and uh, we don't need to go into that because I know you've interviewed some other folks on it. But for people who are wanting to create generational wealth, it's one of those core components because it creates a bucket of money, a bucket of liquidity that you can leverage, you can deploy at any time, and you get you get to control when, how, and if it's paid back. And so when you've coupled the shred method with that tool and syndications or other investments of the like, um, what's happening is you're creating this flywheel effect. And the metaphor I like to use is, um, and Victor, I apologize. Do you have kids? I do. Yeah, how many, I'm a how 10 many and 12 year old, two boys. Yeah. Okay. So you ever take your boys to the water park? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, there's that big bucket of water that fills up and then slowly dumps on the kids. Yeah. That's what we're doing over and over and over again. We're filling the bucket up and we dump it into a syndication and then we fill the bucket back up again and we dump it into another syndication. And every time you put it in a syndication, hopefully, it's creating an additional cash flow stream that fills that bucket up even faster. And so if you have a steady, consistent source of income at the beginning, you have discipline to do this system, and you have a, a, an operator or a syndicator that you trust that does good deals, this is like a video game you can't lose. And it's just a matter of time before the thing is self-generating. And it like truly is a flywheel that's created wealth and passive income and cash flow for you for generations to come. That's so amazing. Like I, I'm actually giving a talk tomorrow on I uh, call the physician flywheel and the synchronicities today are, are crazy. So That's awesome. Um, yeah. And I really like that analogy. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to borrow that idea from you when I do my visual slides on the, on the topic, but yeah, it, it, this, there's a powerful concept guys, the flywheel and, and, you know, one of the first times I learned the strategy is when I was following one of my sports guys, uh, Shaquille O'Neal. And a lot of people are really impressed with Shaquille O'Neal because of his basketball abilities. And, they, you know, he's born obviously very large and things like that. But he obviously trained, you know, yeah, won yeah. some championships with Kobe, did a great job. But the interesting thing that most people don't know about Shaquille, and I shared the stage with him at a, at a, at a conference. And, and a lot of people are asking, hey, you know, like, I've heard you've become more wealthy after in the NBA than before. He's like, yeah, that's exactly true. And he goes, I had this concept where initially I was in the middle and all my hard work would give me my endorsements, my salary, et cetera. But then I started realizing, look, at some point I'm going to get hurt, injured, I, can't, I will retire, and all my money's going to go away. How do I prevent that? And so, you know, he met, got mentored and talked to other business folks. And he essentially said, okay, let's start depositing that money. And he started simple things. He started from restaurants. Yeah. Don't recommend it, but sure. Uh, but then he did think interesting things like car washes. And, you know, then he started, you know, he used to be sponsored by Reebok. Eventually, he was part of a private equity firm that bought Reebok. So right. interestingly. And so he started deploying his capital strategically to one point. He was no longer needed to turn this the this flywheel concept you talk about, Adam. And yeah. so then it was able to turn on its own. And now he's creating multi-generational wealth. And he's he keeps increasing his uh, his asset value, his his net worth, his liquidity. 
and 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 it's very powerful. So this same concept can apply to any earner. Now it doesn't even have to be a high income earner, but obviously yeah. a high income earner has an advantage because they have many more years to deposit these buckets of wealth into cash flowing, producing, tax efficient assets. Yes, totally agreed. And I, and I I would accentuate what you just said about people of any income bracket. Because again, most people don't have an income problem. They can afford the house they're in, the car they're driving, et cetera. They have a liquidity problem. The difference between your tribe and maybe you know Joe Public is the amount of income that's being made. So from a physician's perspective, when I see their situation, and I was on with a dental group this morning, and I said, you all have the ability to, to earn these extremely high incomes. And you could spend it all, right? You could spend it all over the next 10 years. Or you can focus on deleveraging personally and then blasting, away, you know, just blast into outer space in terms of how much wealth you can create on the back end. Um, but it requires a little bit of discipline, a little bit of forethought, some forward thinking, you know, what do you want life to be like in 10 years or 20 years or 50 years? And I, and I candidly, I maintain that one of the things that separates the Shaquille O'Neal's from the, um, oh, I'm trying to think of the basketball player that's just broke as a joke. There's one is Allen Iverson. He's broke. <laughs> Allen, yeah. So Al Iverson is, yeah, has no money left. Um, there's another one. He's a young guy. He was buying like a car a month. You know, the difference between those two, between Shaquille and an Iverson is, is the longevity of their vision of what they're building. Because I don't think Shaquille bought 17 Auntie Anne's franchises or however many he owns in, in hopes that he'll make a little bit of money next month or next year. He's thinking like, this is a 10 year plan and I'm going to give it to my kids and they're going to run this part of the empire. Right. And I think that for physicians, if you can begin to think what does your 50 or 55 or 60 year old body want and need and deserve? And what will your family be doing at that point in time? How could you provide for them? Those are the kinds of thoughts I have today that seed the decisions I'm making financially for, you know, decades away or generations away for that matter. And Adam, I'm going to, I'm going to call out my, my, my brethren here. So guys, physicians, I love you all. I'm one of you guys, but my pet peeve is I'm sick and tired of, you know, helping strategize or work with a, a doctor because they have a high income, low net worth situation. You guys are so smart. You deserve better. We all deserve better. So let's make that a goal. Let's start working on our net worth and not just focus on high income, right? Let's use that high income in a, in a, in a judicious way to yeah. where it's, you know, the average multimillionaire that from some of the research I've done, they have nine streams of income, not one. Right. And so you don't know what the future holds for you health-wise. You don't know what the future holds for you in terms of, you know, reimb medical reimbursements, RVUs, um, downsizing by hospitals, you know, AI disrupting medicine. Who knows what is there? So, uh, you know, I'm sure you will all thrive and do well, but why not shortcut your retirement time horizon? Why not accelerate the capability to do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want, and just have optionality. And by doing this, by having some strategy, some approaches, like some of the things Adam talks about, it can really serve to that purpose. Yeah. I want, can I make one comment on that? Too? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we did a, uh, we did a retreat for surgeons 
And it was uh, beyond surgery was the name of the retreat. Uh-huh. Good, good and it was this idea that what do you do beyond surgery? Once you're you're towards the end of your career and you're trying to figure out what the next step is, what does that look like? And and there were 15 surgeons in the room who were all kind of like, I don't know what five years or seven years or 10 years out looks like. But one of the things that was very clear was each of them had a lifestyle to maintain and the lifestyle was going to require somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 15 grand a month to yeah, facilitate. Yeah. And one of the things with Shred is as we look to the future, uh, you know, our goal shouldn't necessarily be, gosh, I have to have this massive lifestyle that I have to afford because it just makes the nut to crack bigger and bigger and bigger as you look out to the future. With Shred, what happens is your monthly expenses actually are drilled down to become less and less and less. So I don't I don't say this to impress anyone because it probably wouldn't. But my family of five, and I have two kids in college, one at home still, but we live very, very comfortably on about $3,500 a month, like very comfortably. Now I make far more than that, but the goal of the rest of it is to put it to work for me. So we create that compound interest velocity that much faster. For, for you know physicians and surgeons out there, what would happen if you started to decrease your monthly expenses, like ridiculously decrease them so that you can maximize the amount of discretionary income you're, you're making every month? That's another mindset shift that that is required is like, it's not about, oh, now I got to make 30,000 a month. Now I got to make 50,000 a month. Now, what if it was getting to, to be less all the while your income was increasing? That's what freedom really looks like. Uh, tough, uh, that's going to be a tough one to sell, Adam, but <laughs> 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 to, 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 my, to, to the doctor buddies that I know. But uh, I think it is something meaningful to at least start looking into and pursuing. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Okay, great. Uh, I know you've written these four books. The most recent one, the the Build a Bigger Life Manifesto book is really catching on fire. Tell us sort of a one-liner, what the concept is and what you hope people will uh, achieve when they read it. Yeah. The one-liner on this is I was so tired of having conversations with people who were exhausted with their own life. And I heard a great, um, a great one-liner from a speaker. He said, your life is perfectly engineered for the results you're currently getting. And I was like, oh, dang. And then, you know, I studied architecture in college. I didn't go into it. Um, but I like the idea of being a life architect. And when you architect your life, you are building a bigger life, but it is on your terms. It's on no one else's terms. So anyone out there who feels like, oh, I got to go do this, or I have no control over my future, you are literally the architect of your life. So start acting like it. And the the nine tenets of the book basically go through step one, step two, step three, step four of how do you build a bigger life one by one. And a lot of what we've talked about today on the show, Vikram, is, is in tenant seven, which is all about making money irrelevant. How do you make money irrelevant in your life? That's one way to build a bigger life. But it starts at the very beginning, like understanding what are your core values and are you living according to those or are you feeling completely out of whack in your life because your core values have no part in your life right now or you're not fulfilling one or two or many of them. And so we start there, build a strong values foundation and then have a bigger vision, ask bigger questions, consult the inner knower, um, leverage your network. I go through all of the examples along the way of how do you how do you do this in practice? 
That's awesome, man. That's awesome. It sounds like, you know, a wealth of knowledge from all your years of doing this poured into a, a, a great book that someone can just pick up and consume in a couple hours. Yeah. Well, and I should add too, I finished it on a 30-day vacation with my family in Italy, which had always been like I had imagined, romanticized even what it would be like to live like an Italian for a period of time. And at, at one point, I'm like, we're, this is the year. We're just going to go do it. And it happened to be 2019. Awesome. And so we spent the entire month of June in, near Sorrento, Italy. So we went down the Amalfi Coast and, yeah. you know, uh, we, we sight, did as much sightseeing as our heart could could take. And it was just amazing. But I finished the book while we were there and then published it uh, shortly into 2020. And then of course the wheels fell off of society. So, um, we're, <laughs> awesome. we're reviving the message because there's no better time to build a bigger life than right now. That's con congratulations on that. And then, um, you know, as, as we wrap up here, um, how can people learn about you, learn about, um, getting into your ecosystem. And then obviously you have this, uh, shred method course that you wanted to share with, with the audience here. Yeah, if any of this is intriguing to, to folks that are listening, theshredmethod.com is the website to visit. Uh, we have a free masterclass that'll show you the, the what, why, when, and how of, of this method. And, um, and then if you are intrigued by it enough to see your numbers, we are more than willing to jump on a 20-minute call with folks and run numbers in our savings analysis calculator and show you exactly what is possible. Um, and candidly, Vikram, people are blown away when we show them, hey, you're going to save $800,000 in interest by using the system, or your net worth in the next 25 years is set to be $15 million based on the income that we just plugged in. I mean, they're, they're staggering seven-digit numbers that for your tribe especially, it would blow them away how fast they can get there. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So thank you again for sharing that link. It will all be in the show notes, guys. And uh, what's one last piece of parting advice for our listeners, Adam? Well, I'll go back to the the advice from the speaker. It's that idea that that your life is perfectly engineered for the results you're currently getting. And I would add one more to that. Um, and I've loved this from from the moment I heard it. It was also from a speaker on a stage somewhere. And they said, we were not put on this earth to be employed. We were put on this earth to be deployed. Uh -huh. And when you figure out your deployment, Go do that, you know, regardless of what it requires. And I, I would guess a number of your listeners, they're doing what they were deployed here to do. Um, but if we get their money right, they they could feel free every day going in, knowing that at any moment, if it they chose to stop, they could. And I think that's the 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 true measure of success is yeah, I did what I was here and was deployed to do for as long as it served me and served others. And then I decided I was done. And I was done. I walked away. That's awesome. And yeah. how powerful would that be? Leave on top, I say. Totally. All right, guys. Well, you heard it from Adam. Thank you again, sir. Uh, a lot of great advice, a lot of pearls. Um, obviously, the resources we're going to share with our, our tribe here. Keep uh, sharing the podcast, my friends. Thank you again for supporting the YouTube channel. And uh, guys, until next time, be phenomenal. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Limitless MD. If you found value from this episode, I encourage you to share this episode with a friend and let me know by leaving a review. For more information, make sure you check out the links in the show notes below or simply visit VikramRaya.com. Until next time, be phenomenal.